When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, talkers. Thanks for hanging out with us. We finally made it to the end of the week. It is Friday. We can celebrate the weekend being here. We can celebrate a nice special guest host with us today, but we are not going to celebrate the sad news. Of losing one of the losing one of the great Minnesotans, yeah. Louie Anderson, today. So now we've got Brittany with us. We do. We, we do. Happy Friday. Wrong button. That is not. Go, Brittany. Shorty. It's your birthday. It's not my birthday, it but isn't. I. Um, it's somebody's witch. So I love that, Grant. You always play that. Oh, um, it's the best. I know. Okay, it is. It was super sad. And yesterday night, yeah. Um, Jason liked a tweet from Polly Shore that he had just visited Louis Anderson in Las Vegas in the hospital and he needed our prayers and he wasn't doing real red hot. Mm-hmm. And he, I even think like two days ago, the Star Tribune reported that he was suffering from non-Hashkins cancer. So, yeah. Um, it's so sad. I know. Because he was, he really... He was on our show a lot, yeah. and so much so that I couldn't find one photo. <laughs> and I went, I spent like two hours this morning through all those disk drives yeah, yeah, that yeah. you used to do because your computers used to overload looking for a picture. I couldn't find one. But we have um, a book club um, clip that we're going to play a little later, and we've got some other things. But I think Minnesota just, this is a sad one because he really... Loved Minnesota. He was such a great guy who did so and, well. And I'm telling you, so, yeah, you know, the other station I worked at, he was there a lot. Yes. And um, it's funny because when I was looking, I was thinking, oh, do I have photos with him? And the only photos I have is when I was an intern. Mm-hmm. Because at some point it was like, he wouldn't take a photo because he was here around all the time. And also it was like so wild to think because people don't talk to the interns. They don't like art. Nice. But he was always nice to Everybody. everybody and everybody anytime that people come to see him it was always amazing he'd be like they'd be like you know my aunt's friends you know they always had this connection mm-hmm. and he would always sit there and give them a hundred percent of his attention and go oh my god is his you know this is this is person or this person and i'm just telling you like it's so rare to meet somebody like that and i was just talking to uh brooke um, cause she used to run, uh, the, uh, the other stations, um, it's just promotions. KQ. KQ's yes. promotions. And so we did, um, a new year's event mm-hmm. and he had a VIP, um, like meet and greet and ended up just being anybody who wanted to meet him. We were there till like two in the morning and he would have not have thought anything of it. And you know, my job was like to hold their jackets while sure. they took photos. Sure, sure, sure. So it was literally just like a glorified yeah, yeah. like post, mm-hmm. um, and he, I mean, I was getting far more grumpier than he was. And he was sitting there just rah, 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 rah. Right. every photo, every person. And I just think like that's so rare in mm-hmm. celebrities and humans nowadays. I bet everybody, you know, may, if you want to share a memory with us, you know, we're, we would love to hear from you at 651-641-1071. One of my friends called and said my mom when in her first marriage used to live in the same 
complex in St. Paul that the Anderson family lived in. Yeah. She always remember the little cute Louie. Another friend of mine sent something we used to see him at. I don't know if it was the Carlton Moon, but it was some, um, it was some at the comedy club. There was a comedy club on LaSalle Avenue, downtown mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Um, you know, tributes from all these different people that Louis worked with. Yeah. But I think for us, it was, um, like you said, and I, I watched Jason on his show this morning do a t- tribute because he was on his show and he was one of his first guests when he launched the Jason show. Oh, cool. And just how he was so willing to do stuff. For anybody. Yeah. You know, didn't, you know, I'm not saying Jason's anybody, but how lovely he was well, to I go mean, beyond one of his first shows. I think it might even been the first. And how lovely he would always be. I remember when he came in, um, both of his books, and then he came in when he was going to be in this reality TV show called Splash. Yeah. And we giggled and laughed. He goes, me in a reality show. And at the time, he was kind of down and out a little bit on his career. Mm-hmm. And he had done the Louis. All of his stand-up stuff, written his books, done the comedy circuit. He had the Louis Anderson show that didn't last long, but then he had the cartoon show that last Life long. Life with Louis, yeah. That, then he did Family Feud for three years, and then he did a residency in Las Vegas, and then there was like a little bit of a lull. And everyone's like, you're afraid of swimming. You don't swim. Why are you yeah. doing this? Why? And he said, because they asked. Yeah. And then his joy when he was cast in Baskets yeah, and how he felt like his life had just been he'd been given a second chance and he, how happy he was to talk about that and his brilliant books that he wrote. Um, really, really fabulous. Grant, let's just play, let's play his Emmy. Yeah. 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 When he won um, his Emmy in 2016 um, for his role in um, baskets. Thank you so much. Ah, mom, we did it. I have not always been a very good man, but I play one hell of a woman. <laughs> this is for my mom, Orizella Anderson, who I stole every nuance, shameful look, cruel look, loving look, passive-aggressive line. I really thank her. My father, Louis W. Anderson, my brothers and sisters, Canton Vale, Rianne Mike, Roger and Nettie, Mary and Jean, Jimmy and Jackie, Shanna, I know, and, Ra- and Red, <laughs> Lisa and Tim, Sheila and Ben, Ellie and Leela, Tommy and Billy, all the Academy members, to Amos and Tina, uh, to Glenn and Eve, to Joni, to Louis C.K. and Zach Galifianakis for calling me for the part. For Jonathan uh, Chrysler for so deftly uh, guiding me through this wonderful performance. Um, to uh, my uh, Baskets family, Anna DeCusa, Jason, John Landgraf, and the FX family, especially the publicity department, John, Susan, Tom, and Lana, the Gersh hey, Agency, Rick Greenstein, and uh, Greenstein, I always get it wrong, to Christine and Grayson. And finally, to Abraham Geisness for always loving and believing in me, even when I could not love and believe in myself. God bless you guys. God bless you so much. Oh, 
doesn't that just... He was so happy. I know. All oh, the names. First names. First names. I love that. And he's, he, he was, what, number 10 of 11 of kids or yeah. something? And he, he really just delightful. And I remember when he was coming along out with a line of shirts, too. Big Hawaiian shirts. I think around the time of Splash, I mean, he was really trying to reinvent. I mean, anything. He kept it going for yeah. a long time, and he's just—he will be so missed. When we come back, we've got um, a little bit from our last interview with him in 2018. You're listening to My Talk 107.1. This is Lori and Julia. We're going to celebrate the life of Minnesota's own Louis Anderson a little bit longer. I think he touched. Probably everybody in Minnesota one way or another. And one of the big ways is how proud he was of Minnesota. But uh, historically, he would do a New Year's Eve show. Um, I remember when it was in Gal... What was it? Galvedere Plaza. What was it called downtown St. Paul? Gav- oh, I... Galtier Plaza. Yes. And going... And that when they built that plaza, I remember, why didn't they put in stairs? Because there was no way to get between the floors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the coo- goofy thing. But um, going with my ex and just like peeing our pants and his humor was so fun, so rich and so clean. And he was so self-deprecating and his weight was a big part of his humor initially. Mm -hmm. We've got a little Johnny Carson clip. But before he even got to that stage, he worked as a counselor uh, in a home for abused and neglected children because he dropped out of school at 16. And then he met someone who was doing some bad stuff and the police said, go back to school. And then they had him work here. So this is a gentleman that worked. With him back then, uh, his roommate Dave. Was it your roommate that worked with Hi, Dave. Yeah, my roommate did. Hi, Dave. You're Hi. on my talk. Yeah, How are you? Um, I got to meet Louis and just spent a little time with him uh, before he became a comedian. Uh, this was back in about 1974. Okay. My my brother and I and another guy were roommates, and um, well, my roommate, his name is Robert. And he worked as a counselor at the Arlington House, which was up on uh, Greenbrier Avenue on the east side of St. Paul. Okay. And Louie worked there as a counselor at the same time that, you know, my roommate did. So I got to, you know, meet him, you know, there. And he came over to our house, you know, a few times visiting. And and, uh, like I say, he's just, you know, a wonderful guy. And uh, like I say... A lot of people probably don't realize that aspect of his life, you know, right? That, that, that he was a counselor. Yeah, and there and they went on to say a little bit more, Dave. That there, you know, when he was doing that, he used his gift of making people laugh to relieve stress and stressful situations. You kind of always hear that. And then from there, he actually went to a comedy club and said, this guy isn't that funny. And someone said, well, why don't you get up there on the stage? So it was kind of a dare, really, that launched his comedy career. So I bet how lucky you were to um, know him back then. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. He's a great, great guy. Yeah. He'll be missed. He'll be missed. Thanks for calling us. You bet. Have a great day. Yeah, and I was surprised about how he went up there as a dare up on the stage and said, they're not that funny, and they said it was open mic, and so he wrote a lot of jokes, and they were basically about growing up a fat kid, and then we can hear his Johnny Carson. Um, should we listen to that now? Yeah, it's very similar to it's, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, this is, and it might be feeling uncomfortable now, but this is what launched him, was. and this is who he was. Yeah. Of course, what brought me to California was the Olympics. I was... Uh... Tried every event for the Olympics. Uh, tried that pole vault. I drove that sucker right into the ground. 
<laughs> I did a good thing, though. I straightened out those uneven parallel bars. <laughs> Broad jump, killed her. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm sweating, but if I don't, I'll explode. My favorite thing is when you go over to someone's house and you're fat, they, they overcompensate. Oh, come on in, Louie, and sit down here on this concrete sofa. <laughs> or the reinforced steel lawn furniture. <laughs> do what I do, head right for that wicker. <laughs> People say, Louie, why do you do those fat shows? Because if I didn't, you guys would sit out there and go, do you think he knows he's that big? <laughs> <laughs> like I woke up one morning, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Honey, get in here. <laughs> I am from Minnesota. Any Minnesota? Anyone from Minnesota? Could I get a ride home with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, where would we put them? <laughs> I love Minnesota. We go back every year. It's a great outdoor state. Do a lot of camping. Of course, when I go camping, the bears put their food up in the tree. <laughs> That's about enough right yeah. there. Yeah. But. He, he is so sweet. And so one of the things, and we're, we're not going to play it now, I think, Grant, because it's yeah. five minutes, but we have five minutes that we're going to play maybe in the four o'clock hour. Yeah, I'd love to hear your guys' last interview together. Yeah, and, and he talked about, you know, his mom when he was on Johnny Carson the first time, his mom wanted to know what the curtains were made out of. You know, it's funny what people want to know. Yeah. The little idiosyncrasies. <laughs> yep. But this was a story I never knew about. And he said that um, obviously being on Johnny Carson, the Carson show was life changing for him. And Johnny Carson made him come back out again and get another round of applause. And just kind of from there, he was he was sat kind of in the comedy world, or at least it launched him. And he remembers, um, I don't know if you guys remember that he um, played in, he was in Coming to America. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, Maurice. Infamous, yeah. Okay, yeah. so he landed that small but memorable role because he paid Eddie Murphy's bill. Mm -hmm. In 1987, Louis was at the Ivy where everyone used to hang Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out pretty sure that's j-lo and p.s the person behind all of this is chris jenner llc we drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends blinded by the item listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the blinded by the item youtube channel no 
out in um, Beverly Hills when he sees Eddie Murphy entering the place with an entourage. They knew each other because they were both comedians. They'd seen each other on the circuit. So Louis said to the waiter, put Eddie's um, bill on my American Express, but don't tell him I'm paid for it till after I leave. Turns out it was the best money he ever spent. It was $661, and it was a big tab for him at the time. But the next day, he received a call from Eddie telling him he had a small part in his movie that he wanted Louis to play. Louis said in an interview that he didn't do it to get the job. He did it because he was being polite, and that's how he got most of his work, by being nice to people. Ugh, is that such a rare quality in somebody in that field? Isn't that, well, no, we just heard how sweet Bob Saget is and Gilbert Godfrey. I'm just saying, like, yeah. it, it's so unique. I have, you know, I met you some met of those names. And of- I'll tell you what, he shines in a way that nobody else does. And, like, nobody, he it wasn't like, I need to talk to you, I need to. It was like, every time anyone would tell him a story, he just gives you 110% of his attention. And he remembers things. He'd ask me, you know, um, you know, How's this person? Are you still dating this person? Like, I mean, he, it was just like, he's special. And I know, I know there's a lot of nice people, but I'm, there's something that was very unique mm-hmm. and lovely and warm Genuine. about him. And, 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 and it's a true person who knows everybody from the re- person, the receptionist to the yeah. person, you oh, know, because you were the sure. intern at the time. I was it's, an intern. I was like it's, a baby. It's right. really, it's really lovely. Um, yeah. He was the author of four books, and those books were so poignant. Yeah. And um, I suppose when we come back, why don't we just play our I would last like to. interview? I think we should because it was so good, yeah, and it was it. Um, it was Hey Mom stories for my mother, but you can't read, um, but you can read them too. And it was he was just so lovely, and he really had great wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, his father was an alcoholic, but he made peace with his dad. And one of his bo- first books was Dear Dad: Letters from an Adult Child. It was compelling, tender. Well written, and he just, he was so thoughtful, yeah. and he had great perspective on things, and just wise, and will be missed by so many people. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he was married once. Yeah. Did you guys? But it only lasted four weeks. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. yeah. Quicker than like a Pamela Anderson marriage. Yeah, it's quicker, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, when we come back... We're going to listen to a little bit of our 2018 interview with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Stay with us. This is Lori and Julia celebrating Louis Anderson, who we lost today, and will certainly be dearly missed in our community. Yep. And, and here, from is, everybody. here is his scene in Coming to America. Just okay. a little fun. Oh, one. thanks. Hello. Hi. You know, I started on cleanup just like you guys, but now, see, I'm washing lettuce. <laughs> Soon I'll be on fries, then the grill. A year or two, I make assistant manager. And that's where the big bucks start rolling in. <laughs> that's kind of it there. So oh, yeah. just a fun little way to bring you into Thank the traffic you. break All here. Right. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're just going to continue and celebrate our friend, comedian Louis Anderson, who brought so much joy to everybody around the world, and especially, I think, to a lot of us in the Twin Cities. Yes. I think he would, um, near the end of his um Later years after he did Galtier Plaza on New Year's Eve, he would be, I mean, he was good friends with Scott um, Hansen. Very good friends and wrote a beautiful tribute to him when Scott passed away last year. And he also um, was at the Burnsville Community Center a lot on New Year's Eve. Now, yeah, I think it was the Burnsville one. But here he is. Um, he came in and um, was talking to us about the book he wrote about um, Hey Mom, Stories from My Mother but can you read them too? 
He um, is talking to us after we kept him a second segment. Of course, when we get good people, we never want him to leave. So here he is continuing our conversation about his book and just other musings. And Lori was quite brilliant. And she just wanted she I sent her a text. And she goes like, oh, no, devastated. Yeah, she goes, he is so great. But anyway, here we go. Louis Anderson speaking. <laughs> Louis, is so yes. nice to be talking to us about his book, Hey Mom, Stories for My Mother, but you can read them too. And of course, this is your fourth book and your people know you. We, we'd love to just claim you. But one of the things I wanted to just ask you about in, in these letters to your mom, um, but you are very open about, you know, like you just say, you know, I... I I was really a dink, and you know, and it was. Yeah, I was mean to my mom. Were you? Like a jerk. Yeah, and you know what? I think everyone can say that about maybe their mom or dad. They can look back and say that they were, but I don't know. You don't hear a lot of people say that out loud, much less write about it out loud. And I felt that really. I don't know. I I I really thought about that that letter after I after I read that. Well, you know. We all have those regrets, but you have to get them out of your system because they weigh tons of weight. Mm-hmm. They weigh down on you. It's so harsh. Your mom passed when you were quite young. Yeah, my mom uh, passed, I guess I was what, let's see, in 1990. Uh, I was almost 40, I was 37. Is okay, that right? so that's still young. I mean, and yeah. your dad had passed before that, so that's, that's sweet young. sweet of you to say that's young. Well, well it of is. course, nowadays, when you get older, you go, that's young, 60. Yeah. I wish I was 50. I wish I was 40. I wish I was 30. Are, are you, you know, because you were on Stephen Colbert on Monday night, was that fun? Oh, my God. You know, it was so cool. Tell us. Louis Anderson, if you just Stephen Colbert is 10th of 10. Right? Mm-hmm. I am 10th of 11. Oh, that's right. Oh. Jack White was on the show. He is 10th. Oh, you're <gasps> kidding. He's also the 10th child. So that night, there were the three of us were the 10th children. Wild. And I just thought that was such a crazy, cool thing. And, you know, I just... Stephen Colbert is a really sweet, nice human being. Yeah. He is, isn't he? And, and his show is, is kicking butt, and I'm sure you guys had great um, chemistry. I missed it, but I Yeah, did. we really do have good chemistry. You know, he likes me. It's my third time on. and that's, Okay. You know, that's, you know, he has a, you know, he's got a really good, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's a really good person. Yeah. That and, is wild, uh, though, about the 10, ten thing, because how many that. people really do you meet? And you have a chapter in your, a letter to your mom about, you know, what it means to be 10 of 11 kids. And, and uh, so you do, you do have that in there. So that's it's just such a wild coincidence that the three get, you know, the three of you would be 10th uh, tenth, born. Tenth yeah, it's a, it's a crazy, uh, it's super, super crazy, I have to tell you. <laughs> and um, I don't know, I I, I just really uh, had a good time. And, uh, you know, I, I love being on uh, talk shows because they were the beginning of my whole career was really, to be honest with you, yeah, it was Twin Cities Today. Oh, with Stephen and Sharon? Stephen Sharon. Right here in this building. Yeah, I was on, those were my first talk shows. Those were my early, 
my early training. Isn't that fun? And um, then it was the Tonight Show, and then all those other shows. Was Joan it Tonight Rivers Show all, with Johnny Carson? Yeah, Tonight Show was Johnny Carson. Okay, how, 1984, 1984. how scary was that? No, I was completely prepared and excited. Yeah. I oh, really? Scared. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so funny. Yeah. You know Minnesotans. Yeah. They've been waiting. <laughs> I remember my mom asking me um, something, and I said, oh, when I was back, you know that curtain that yep. we looked at for years? Yes. My mom said, when you do that show, kid, will you tell me what kind of material that curtain is? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being what was backstage. What <laughs> It was kind of a chiffon, silky (laughs) material, but I remember being backstage um, and reaching out and touching the curtain so I could tell my mom. (laughs) That is hysterical. I'm telling you, that is such a Minnesota... crazy thing. Well, yeah. It was probably synthetic. <laughs> if any, if any of Johnny's cigarettes yes. had gotten anywhere near that, that thing would have gone up in You're flames. Right. Yeah. It was one of those curtains where you go, this is dangerous. Right. <laughs> oh my and it gosh. Was, you know, like, and it looked so you know expensive on TV. Oh. It really did. Yeah, but it, it, you know, and but you know, that was like a dream come true. I watched that. I looked at that curtain my whole childhood, as we all did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be standing you know, right there was a giant thing for me. It was like one of my main goals in life. That was I, so cute. I just, I I feel so, um, I just feel so lucky that we got to even oh, meet. Yeah. I remember, you know, because I told Grant yesterday, I said, you know, he's been three and you're like, he has? And I'm thinking, we used to have, it was so fun yeah. and he was so Oh, he was so fun. Yeah. yeah. And those books are so poignant, and I still think they would resonate with people. Yeah. And one of the things he talked about is, in the earlier part of that, we, we it was a 16-minute interview, because we made him stay for like half an hour. Um, he talked about how we forget to be friends with our parents, and like he had reasons, you know, his dad was an alcoholic, yeah. but he made amends with his dad, and he um, he just said... This was my love letter to my mom who had it. She would do anything to make us smile and everything. And his mom's name was Aura Zella. I mean, Aura Zella. What a great name if anyone's pregnant right now that we know of. Aura Zella. I just love that name. Aura is gorgeous. But he just would go on about how much he really putting down these thoughts and memories and looking at old letters remind it was super emotional and painful for him but how it allows you to process yeah he did a lot of i mean in every interview and going back to the station you used to work at Brittany. yeah every time he was because i grew up listening to that station during those times and he anytime he was on whether it was on a radio station he would always talk about his family oh, and, and how yeah. important they were oh yeah and he was not afraid to do that and that's what made him feel so genuine and it felt unlike most celebrities where you hear these generic answers about what their life is like at home he really made you feel like you knew what his life was like with his family and everything that was going on and the care and how he was raised and how it made such an impact on who he was and how he was a comedian and his acting and oh and he was obsessed with um with babies and and people mm-hmm. having babies so my friend alex who's tom bernard's daughter would ha- got pregnant and he was obsessed and so when fawn came it was always and he talked to me have you, have you isn't fawn amazing and isn't that, and it was so funny i was like there's this pure joy coming from him talking about somebody else's kid and you're just like 
that is just a lovely attribute. And I just feel like it's a little bit, little bit less shiny in the world today. Yeah. yeah. One of his brothers passed before him. And he said he accidentally had butt dialed his brother's number four years later. That was in the first part of that interview, Grant. Mm-hmm. And he said um, just how weird. And someone answered and he made up this. He told the story, but he just said how he always loved just talking to his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of his nephews, I think, who was the son of his brother, said he was like my my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad wasn't around and he always took care of us and looked after yeah. us and just loved us so big and genuine and it's just lovely and i i remember his humor because when we would go to comedy clubs back then um he it was so clean so you could bring your family yes, it was so was clean the of it. Yes. It, there was the, his worst word was darn or damn or yeah, something you know yep. it was so clean that you didn't he didn't have to you know go to the words and stuff but it was just it's true what a comedy genuine you... lovely guy and i and the joy and happiness when he was cast in baskets and recognized and recognized by his peers um i think that just made his heart swell yeah well he said it i mean yep. at the end there for so. for finding the greatness in him that he couldn't see in himself and i you know a caller called in and i wanted to mention this cuz she said it really nicely and she just thought wanted to thank you guys for this tribute tribute we're doing to louis right now she felt touched and she said something like she's make he's making all the angels in heaven smile right now and and she really appreciates and she actually called right before this segment to to bring up this interview and was hoping that we would play it oh. so so thank you for that call and she just wanted to let you guys know that you guys are doing a great job of honoring louis today and I, and i think so too so this is been a lot of fun remembering what a great man that he has was. Oh, you know? And if you want to laugh, go to his YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. I mean, just go and yeah. watch him because he he was genuinely funny. I'm telling you, life with Louie, because we it was like, <laughs> like a year ago we great. randomly saw some clips of it. Oh, mm-hmm. Holds up. It's it holds funny. Up for sure. It's actually funny. I mean, is that the cartoon one? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we used to watch it all the time and right? on like I think it was like Sunday mornings. Um and it was it was funny back then, but it's even funnier now because he's just this really his it's him his voice <laughs> on this little kid. It just is like what, and it's just like this little chunky boy sure. saying all these like kind of like want want stuff. Right, it's so funny. Oh, I love that. I, I love that. All right, we're oh my gosh, happy Friday, everybody. That now the name of that song is A B C D F U. The key is the last two letters. Yeah. Wow. It's used in a lot of TikToks. So what they'll do is they'll basically set up like something like, you know, who they don't like and they'll go A, B, C, D. And then they'll put pictures of the five people like your mom and your sister and your dog. Sure. Yeah. That's that's is that what I'm missing out on? Not even TikTok. That's the only time I see that song being used, and it's usually political, so it's not always the funnest. It's talking about someone that they don't like politically. So yeah. Okay, so if you are hanging out and you're going to spend some time with us today, I don't want you to be anywhere but on the MyTalk app, mm. on the MyTalk website, on the MyTalk Tell me. Uh, radio yeah. at 107.1 at 5.50 when we are going to be blaring that song from yesteryear, Paradise on the Dashboard Lights. We are going to sing it and sing it loud. I remember freshman year of college... Yes, I did go to college, too. <laughs> I didn't make the dean's list because Brittany mm. just shared that she made it. Um, I remember learning that song, and I had no idea who Meatloaf was, and we had the Bad Out of Hell albums. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we, all we did, it, the most fun about 
for me, college was always what would happen in the dorm room or the house before we would go out. Shocking, you didn't prioritize school. Now, was well, this before I, or after you got kicked out? Oh, I wasn't kicked out of UMD. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. Um, no, I wasn't kicked out of there. I was almost kicked out of UMD. When you were, were you? I went there you were too. Visiting, you went there. I went there too for like a year and a half. But I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk right. about Milo. But anyway, Paradise and the ba- Dashboard Lights. We're going to be singing it. So I hope if you've just wanted to sing really loud to the radio, or um, come into our studios and you can sing. Yeah, please, <laughs> please come into our studios. You can sing. Just a little meatloaf. Yep. Just a little pretty. Yeah. This one is the one that always hits me. My it's brother too was high obs- for us to sing though, Grant. Oh, it's impossible. Yeah. My brother was obsessed with this song. This song was the greatest song of the nineties. I mean We'll never know what that is. That is the truth though. What won't you do? Everybody asks that question. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody well, knows. here's a little meatloaf. So he passed away. We got both both Louie and Meatloaf passed away last night in his um his real name was Marvin Lee Day, and he got his nickname Meatloaf from his football coach. And Love he said, it. you're such a meatloaf. That used to be kind of something you'd call people. Okay. And in football, especially. Yeah, yeah you're oh, such yeah. a meatloaf. So the name of his first band was Meatloaf Soul. Mm. And um, he died at the beginning of this week. He was, um, the 1977 Bad Out of Hell album sold an astonishing 65 million copies. Um, copies two out of three ain't bad um followed up with bad out of hell two he won a grammy for best solo rock performance he appeared in tons of movies and tv shows the rocky hope picture show um let's see spice world the movie fight club um some other things and he um was a vegetarian with that name meatloaf that's funny isn't that funny that's a random thought isn't it funny it is very yeah i know he was a vegetarian between the years of, um, when was he a vegetarian? I think he was a vegetarian from 1981 to 92. In 2019, he tried again, but he said there have been vegetarians who wouldn't speak to me because of my name. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, I think he just had a bigger than life personality yes. since the beginning of time. Um, he really, he grew up when he could have got drafted and gone to Vietnam. So he uh, gained 70 pounds in an attempt to avoid being drafted. And um, he ended up uh, failing because they declared him fit enough to serve in the army. Despite being colorblind and overweight, he was sent a draft notice two weeks later. So he refused to go. He ignored it and moved to L.A. where he started his first band. He fell in love with his um, first wife, big, big time. At a record company when he was recording a, his first album, and he just like fell for her hard. And so, what does he do to be romantic with her? He had a whole salmon shipped to Bearsville Records in Bearsville, New York, for her as a token of his love. Honestly, uh-huh. better than flowers for you. Yeah, Pat a whole gra- salmon, a whole salmon. Yum. They were together for twenty-two years. Um, he went his separate ways after that name was with his recent life. He had been with forever. And before he died, he was once going to be cast as Quasimodo in Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame. This is a story that kind of made me laugh is he once nearly pushed Prince Andrew into a moat. He famously took part in Shambolic in 1987 charity event. It's a Royal knockout competing as part of the Duchess of York's team. Um, Meatloaf suggested that he and Prince Avenue, he said he got into a fight when talking about the prince's wife, Sarah Ferguson. 
Fergie wasn't exactly flirting with me, he told The Guardian, but she was paying attention to me. This reportedly resulted in the Duke of York attempting to push Meatloaf into a moat. When Meatloaf fought back and tried to shove Andrew into the water, the Duke supposedly said, you can't touch me, I'm royal. Meatloaf didn't seem too concerned about making amends with the royal family, and he said since it's a royal knockout charity event, the singer proudly claimed the Queen hates me as a result of my behavior. Um, can you just see Prince Andrew? Yeah. I mean... Absolutely. Like, he, hearing that, you go, yeah, I could totally see that. Right? He was a huge fan of a soccer club and thought about buying them. He, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart was offered to him first. Oh, wow. Um, but he passed. It was he was meant to appear on his album, but um, it never got released. And um, a study found that playing meatloaf songs to plants helped them grow. Really? <laughs> I wonder if my, because I have a hound, I wonder if she would howl the his songs. Because it's very, like, she howls to <laughs> Celine Dion a lot in Whitney Houston. So I'll test that out tonight and see if she howls to meatloaf. See if he does. Okay. Yeah. And, and a lot of tributes. You know, he was, he had a very um, strong feelings about the vaccinations and was pretty anti-vax and he did ultimately end up dying of COVID, but he said, if I die from it, fine or something. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was on TMZ. Um, yeah, which is which is sad. But um, his wife was with him when he died and his daughters. And um, people are sad. Cher was really sad. She sent out a nice thing. Boy George said he was, you know, sent out a thing. Um, Rick Astley, Andrew Lloyd Webber, give my best to... Um, Jim referring to his good friend, Jim Steinem, Meatloaf's longtime collaborator and songwriter who died last year. So I don't know. He was, it's sad. Yeah, he was sad. It is. It's all these, these personalities too. They just seem so much like too big to die or go away. And here we are. Here we are. Every year, it seems like at the beginning of the year, even though we lose people all year long, Mm -hmm. it always seems like it comes hot right at the beginning of the year. And I mean, it started with Betty White. Obviously, that was at the end of 2021, but felt like 2022, right? Andre Leontali died at the beginning of this week. We have these two. Bob Saget, Meat Love. You know, I mean, it goes, there's been more and more. It's just, it seems, it just seems like, why does it seem so heavy at the beginning of the year? I don't know. I think everything feels heavier right now because of stuff. Yeah. But I do like that what you say in perspective, Grant, that maybe it's the beginning of the year yeah. thing and, and this isn't going to be our constant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and also, I just think it's an age thing, you know? No. There were a lot of great people that grew up in the 70s <laughs> and 80s and 90s. There's some good know? ones in the 80s and 90s. You're talking I, to a couple of them. I know, in the 60s. I know mm. you guys are great. Uh. You're going to tell me how great you are. Um, we're going to take a quick break. This is My Talk 107, always streaming live. And if you're not able to listen to us and still want more, you can always podcast us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We'll be right back.